Chapter Twelve of the Death of Society, a Novel of Tomorrow, by Romer Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Twelve. When Smith awoke next morning, he saw the rain drifting past his window. He had forgotten the possibility of wet weather. No doubt Rosa Ingman did not walk out in wet weather and he would pass a painful day cooped up in the bosom of the family. He got up and dressed and went down to breakfast in an ill humor. Only the old man and his daughters were at the breakfast table. Smith said good morning all round, sat down, and looked about the room. She is not here, said Ingman. Smith smiled. It seems so, he replied. I was ascertaining if she were not lurking in some corner or other. Old Ingman chuckled like one of those secure husbands who like to pretend other men are infatuated with their wives. You are a bad youth, he said. Mother often stays in bed when it rains, said Natalia. Then I hope it doesn't rain long, ejaculated Smith. When it is wet here, it rains for many days, said the old man. I am a magician. Is it not so, Natalia? I conjured the rain. It seems likely you did, replied Smith gloomily. I can believe anything of your family. But, said Natalia, mother will have us all go talk to her later in the day. cried Ingman, and flicked his table napkin at the girl. I wish to make the young man desperate. But I could not bear that, said Natalia. He might kill somebody. All Englishmen are dangerous men. Oh, you women, exclaimed old Ingman. You will always outwit the magician. Yes, said Smith. Human nature will always triumph over sorcery, because it has God on its side. What do you know about God, cried the old man? I know, said Smith, laughing, that he always protects the normal. Bah! You are clever, replied Ingman good-humouredly, and went out of the room. Does he believe me the fool of an innocuous romance, thought Smith? Did you quarrel with Papa last night, asked Natalia, when he had gone? I? No. Why? asked Smith. Because, said Natalia, he has been laughing to himself ever since he came downstairs. So that means we had a quarrel? Natalia is nonsensical, said Hilda. You don't know what the hobgoblins say, cried Natalia. When old men laugh, somebody has died. That does not mean a quarrel, said Hilda. Yes, it does, asserted her sister. Why, asked Smith, because she answered they have another saying. Only death puts an end to old men's differences. I thought you must be dead, and you were so late, so late, I was sure I was right, and I should go upstairs, and Nils would have to break the door open, and we should have a real sensation. You are foolish, cried Hilda, laughing. The maids would tell one another he made a beautiful corpse, and I should dress in white and put flowers on you and compose a piece of poetry for your tombstone. What would you compose, said Smith? I couldn't make it in English, said Natalia but it would mean he came and stole what was not his, so the devil called for his soul, or he died of an old saying. Natalia lives by ridiculous sayings. Old sayings, old sayings, cried Natalia. When something has been said for a thousand years, it must be true. It is true, says the fool, and wise men listen. Thou art nonsensical, said Hilda in Norwegian, and got up and left the room, but Smith said, You are quite right, Natalia. I, alas, got out of bed on the wrong side this morning, as they say at home. No doubt too much to drink last night. Did you get drunk last night, Torvald? asked Natalia. I suspect myself of it, replied Smith, and smiled. 
last night said natalia perching herself as usual upon the table i thought what did you think said smith and lit himself a cigarette complacently he was already in a better humour what came into that little head of yours he found a pleasure in treating natalia as a little girl she was so charming so small and so pretty that he liked to think of her as a doll and to pretend that nothing was really serious in this world she had an old-fashioned air which pleased him mightily and so much vivacity and serious-mindedness mixed together that he would like to keep her by him he thought as a little companion for his happy quiet moments i thought said natalia after serious consideration about what i said to you yesterday and you decided said smith determined not to let the matter overcome him that i am not good enough to love after all well i will tell you what i thought if you will listen she cried i know you are stupid a great big stupid englishman and you are bad well that is settled said smith at any rate and tweaked her hand he had an irresistible desire to tease her this morning you very bad beast she said i shall lock you out of rosa ingman's room all day smith laughed and natalia slipped off the table and came and sat on his knee i love you she cried and threw both arms round his neck i knew i did and kissed him you should not be so handsome angel smith handsome cried he laughing louder than ever i am glad to hear it do you know what i am thinking rosa and natalia ingman behave very much alike although they are so different what said natalia does she sit on your knee no he replied she never did tell me then what you mean she said one day perhaps he said when the world is much older when after the death of society suddenly natalia buried her face in his shoulder and began to cry sobs shook her so that smith was forced to hold her for fear she would slip off his knees now what is the matter he said tenderly what have i said now to hurt the child how have i offended her it is not you she sobbed it is not you but if you could understand me i could explain to you i am in the middle of something which goes round and round and which i cannot stop you can make the world go round or stand still and she can and father can and hilda does not seem to care but it spins so fast for me i cannot tell which is the north or south or east or west and i think perhaps if i take hold of you it will stop and so it does but when i go away again it begins to spin once more you are delightful said smith stroking her hair and all at once he felt a desire to understand and to know this little creature to the depth of her soul although she was a foreigner he thought that like the rest of the english race like rosa ingman and a few of his foreign friends she was his own flesh and blood that she was in other words a human being and his idea of humanity became at once enlarged a great kindliness came over him and drawing her towards him he kissed her she opened her eyes wide and said why do you love me he replied without any hesitation yes i do and because i am in this house i can say so i love you as i love flowers and the trees and the sky i love you because you are lovable as a wet or fine day is lovable why yes he said i must confess that i love you i will give you everything i have said natalia and smiled into his face because i love you so much that you are all i want you must have everything you want you adorable child said smith and leaned back in his chair she sat straight up on his knee and he thought is this she is this she is this rosa christensen he hoped that some god would make the matter clear to him 
perhaps if he spoke his own words would enlighten him i will give you this ring said natalia and drew a ring off one of her fingers a small silver affair with a jewel from an old bridal crown set in it he put out his left hand with the fingers extended and said it won't fit one of them but it went on his little finger now she said if ever you want me send me that ring as they do in the fairy stories and i will come at once smith looked at it it had a blood-red stone in it three green agates very small and two turquoises it is a bit gaudy for a man he said well she replied you will not mind that for me very well he agreed i will not mind that and what is more i will have my revenge and you shall wear this ugly watch of mine round your little wrist until your dying day he took his wrist-watch off which was indeed very ugly and strapped it round her left wrist now he said i am going to speak my mind natalia i wish he continued that i could ask you to be my wife but i cannot at present because life runs in deep channels which neither you nor i have the right to change my life is set in a tide that i cannot stem and if it were possible to stem it i should not do so i have fought in a war and while this makes me careless of odds against my happiness and causes me to value caution nothing at all it has taught me also that i cannot promise to-morrow away that i must not engage a future time which i do not possess i may risk all i have but not risk that which i have not got the times are set between us now neither you nor i know how they will change what winds will blow us apart i ask you for no promise and give you none but i may say may i not that one day if i can i will send you your ring and if you can you shall bring me back my watch and if you do come to me i swear and this i can swear that if you come with a fearless mind you shall never regret it torvald said natalia with astonishment i was all alone am i to be alone no longer sure he cried i am here with my friendship and your love she asked of course my love he assented well then she said getting up i can bear the rest what rest he asked anything that you may do she replied he bent forward and seizing her dragged her to him natalia he cried natalia there are some things beyond my power i do not know yet how i am called upon to act what is before me or around me be merciful be more than charitable be more than just i am possessed by a force which at rare intervals has taken me and shaken me slightly now i am shaken through my whole soul i speak to you out of the depth of a storm you the days the nights life death are nothing to me i love you yes but to-day it is an empty love a good-will love nothing more he kissed her violently on the face i am alone he said and i can ask no help in my situation i can ask help from neither man nor woman why torvald she said you are quite wild yes i am quite wild he answered is life like this she asked it is he replied this is life then she said getting free of him it is more like a fairy tale than i supposed more like he cried it is a fairy tale exaggerate your worst tales and your best natalia and you'll get a sense of life how fearful no no he ejaculated getting up its storms have a fearful grandeur but my dear in the depth of life there is a beauty and a calm inconceivable now to you and me which i know though i cannot conceive it at this moment and you shall know you are sure she asked i am quite sure he answered going over to the window and looking out at the rain 
Then she replied, I am too, and came and stood beside him. He put his arms round her. It's raining frightfully, he said. Yes, she answered, but I do not mind. Well then, he replied, shall we go out and look at old Panther, my horse, and in spite of the rain ride him out for a bit of exercise? Yes, yes, she cried, and you shall see my mare, Kvoldsol, and we will ride and get most terribly wet through. End of chapter 12 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine